Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today we're sharing with you a stretch of audio from one of our most recent dog bone handlers workshops. This workshop can be found in its video form on our dog bone premium training library on our website. We hope you enjoy it. We're going to talk about mechanics, and that's, that's stuff that, you know, you can kind of teach a monkey mechanics. Like, it's understanding it and then practicing it. It's a lot of muscle memory stuff. Um, then there's the other part of it. It's figuring out how to develop connection and feel. I don't know if one's easier to teach than the other. I think, I think it's maybe harder for people to understand feel and connection with their dogs. It's probably easier to get like some of the mechanic stuff, but I do think they're so connected to each other that once you get good at your mechanics, then you don't have to think about them anymore and they're working the right way, like you're using the right tool. Then it's just getting into, it becomes smooth for you. It becomes real natural. I think about this a lot because we're training this puppy blue right now who is, how old are they, 15 weeks? They're 15 weeks old. Ben's training a, a sister to him. And I've, I've looked back on the series that we've been filming with them. And I, I honestly can kind of laugh and go, you know, we're not really working on a lot. He's 15 weeks old and we're not doing an awful lot. You're gonna see him because I'm gonna show him to you tomorrow night. It, you might see him before then, but tomorrow night I'm gonna show you some stuff with him. And if you ask me, what have you done with him? Nothing, not much. He's real good. And some of you are gonna go, bullshit. You did something, because he didn't just turn into that. And you're right. I did stuff all the time, real subconsciously. It's become so natural to me that I raised this dog, I don't even think I've done anything with it yet. I'm not ready, we're not ready yet. I feel zero rush, he's 15 weeks old. He's making better retrieves than a lot of people wish their dog was doing it, you know, 15 months, but it's just because I've done a lot of them. He's not the first one. He's not the 10th one. I used to be real concerned about that rhythm and that flow and that, what are we gonna do next and how should I sequence it and all that stuff. I don't even think about it anymore. So, but that, that, so that part just, it, it happens. And I know that, I know everyone here is probably going, how do I make that happen? I don't know. But I bet you you'll know a little bit more about it on Sunday. You'll feel you'll you'll get it a little bit more. So those are the those are really the two parts of training that we're going to cover. Uh, the general process of, of training a dog. I I think it's it's like any other activity. This goes back to A to Z type stuff. If you if you teach a basketball, if you if you're going to uh, Wyatt was a, a basketball coach. My son is 20. He's aspiring to be a basketball coach. He's coaching. He's an assistant coach for some high school teams and he's, he really wants to coach basketball. He loved playing basketball. He's gonna coach. If you don't, like the game of basketball, to get, be good at basketball, you don't go play games. It's a set of skills that have to be learned. It's a set of things that have to be taught, practiced, and then slowly built upon. So like, 
You can't play basketball if you don't know how to dribble. Pass, shoot, rebound, set screens. Like all these, all of a sudden there's, boy, there's a little bit more of that. There's a little read an offense, uh, motion, set plays. Like now all of a sudden we went from, well, it's just basketball to those. And then, you know, passing. There's drills that we do to develop good passing because passing doesn't mean you just throw it that direction. It means you hit the person in the hands, in the chest area so that they become efficient to do their next move. Like good passers, it's a skill. You do drills to do that. Hunting with a dog is a whole bunch of skills that get mastered one at a time and then linked together. A basketball team does these drills. I, my, my old basketball coach used to, we do camps and we'd be in the cafeteria. We weren't even in the gym because all we did was dribble basketballs around chairs for like hours and hours and hours. You gotta be careful with that too because you do that with a kid for so long, they'll quit playing basketball because it's not fun anymore. But the, to get good at it, you gotta get good at dribbling. Because as soon as you get on the court, if you don't know how to dribble, what good are you to your team? So there, there's a fine line with that stuff. But you go from figuring out how to do some of those skills to maybe playing one-on-one or three-on-three or five-on-five half court and then a, maybe a full court and then maybe a tournament or game and then maybe a tournament, like lots of steps. I mean, it's simply forming habits. That's 90, 90% or more of what our dogs are doing. I, my dogs behave out of habit. It's because I'm super consistent with things. That's why blue is blue right now. That's why blue comes up to me and sits down. Because from day one, I've let him know it's real desirable for you to come to me and sit down. And I don't do it with a bag full of treats. I let him know, good. The beauty of a dog is they want to please us. That's the great part about them. It's a, it's a trait they carry, biddability, willingness to please. They want to do it right. So it's, it, it, as long as they're doing it right and I'm letting them know that's right, and then when he does it wrong, I let him know it's wrong, he's real quick to realize, don't do it wrong. That's not what he wants. And as soon as he does it right and I let him know, you do it over and over and over and over and over, and all of a sudden they can't help but do it right. That's what's cool about Blue. He can't hardly make a mistake right now because I haven't allowed it to happen over and over and over again. Because guess what? Habits form the right way and the wrong way equally. I always think it's, it's funny because I can do something for so many times in a row to get them to do it right. And then they make one little mistake that's the opposite. And it seems like that baby sticks forever. Like it, it is strange the way that happens, but avoiding that undesirable in the first place makes it a thousand times easier to get the desirable. So it's, it, you form that habit with repetition and consistency. So we're gonna be really consistent throughout the weekend. We're gonna be very repetitive. I, I'd be curious to hear how many times I said the same thing over and over and over again in the little bit of time that we've had in the field. Remember what this looks like. How many of you heard me say that? I really want you to remember what that first one looks like. Does anyone remember how it felt and what it looked like the first time? I reminded you a bunch of times. And some of you probably still, oh yeah, I should have paid a little bit closer attention to that. Well, we haven't done it long enough to have it become a habit. You're gonna hear a few things like loose lead over and over and over. You're gonna be so tired of it. Loose lead, loose lead. I'll remind you guys 
it'll be just like nails on a chalkboard by the time the weekend's done. If it is, then we've done our job. Because as soon as you go home and the first time you don't do it, you're going to just go, oh, that son of a bitch. Loose lead. I can hear him saying it. So it's repetition and consistency. Repetition and consistency over and over and over again. Uh, avoiding bad habits, forming the good ones. That we just talked on that. Like that, that's really, if we can avoid the bad habit in the first place, everything goes smoother. There, you guys are here because you probably have some undesirable habits. So now what it's going to take is reversing that. We cannot take big chunks. Steph's saying is to these ki to our kids, uh, you know, oh, go clean your room. Oh, look at it. It's it's a huge mess. Well, start by picking up the dirty clothes, and all of a sudden the dirty clothes get picked up. Then it doesn't look as intimidating. Make the bed. All of a sudden the bed gets made, and it kind of looks like it's a little bit in order. Pick up. So how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One. You can't look at that room and go, oh, I got to tackle this room. Look at it and break it down. So I can't look at the, the picture of I want to do, we were talking about 400-yard blind retrieves. That's a big elephant to eat. So how do you do it? Well, you better be good at 50-yard blind retrieves before you can do 100, and 100 before you do 150. And you slowly take little bites, little bites. Uh, I think the other thing that's important is realizing we did it out here. We have to end the lesson with a win. So, because that's what we're going to build off next time. So the last thing I want to do is have a flop at the end of my training session and then come out tomorrow to build off of that. Like, um, you know, I mean, I mean, did construction stuff. So concrete, you pour, you make a nice clean edge when you stop pouring, because now you can tie back into it. Where if you just poured it and let it run out and then decided you're gonna tie back into that with concrete, it's never gonna line up, it's never gonna lock together. You're gonna have to take a saw and cut, that bit, cut it clean and clean that up before you can ever build off of it. So the same is true with training, end it on something good so that next time you can come out and hook right to it and build off of it. So we're gonna always look at finding success to build off of next. And that's, that's why I, you, gotta, you gotta get to that point where you go, how far is too far with that drill? If we went another rep and it didn't go well, what would we do? We gotta do it again. And if it didn't go well, we're gonna get frustrated. We gotta do it again. I, what I would look at it as, if it didn't go, if we pushed it too far, here's how I look at it, if we push it too far, the wheels come off, I look at it and I go, okay, I'm not gonna go do the exact same thing. Because what is the reason that we failed in the first place? We're probably fatigued, we probably went too far. We were mentally or physically, we we're having an issue. So what I look at it is, I have had dogs that hunt and hunt and hunt and hunt and hunt and hunt and hunt for something and they just can't find it. We did it last week, uh, Ellie. Ellie hunted and hunted and hunted, ran over a dummy, ran over a dummy, ran over a dummy, ran over a dummy. I was ready to take a second dummy out of my bag and put it on the ground for her to find and tell her she's good and bring her back to the house. Because I was to the point in the old days, I'd have been so pissed off, I'd have been hollering at her, come on, find it, come on, Ellie, find it. And all of a sudden Ellie goes, this isn't fun anymore. And she shuts down and she goes, sorry dad, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. 
And, and now, I, now I put her up with that. Next time I take her out, she's going, oh God, not this again. Where she found, a, I, I helped her out. I cheated. Let her win. Tell her she's good. Put her away. And then come out and realize, don't get yourself in that position again. So whatever you did, simplify it. Make it easier. Build off of that. So uh, we need to, we, we, I, I just think it's real important. Make sure they win. End it on a win. <laughs>